I love that our church loves to greet and visit each other. It's a good thing. Well, it's a real um, honor for me to speak to you this morning. I'm a little rusty, but I'm sure I'll get in the groove. Um, I tend to be a long-winded preacher, so my biggest challenge this morning is trying to stay in our time frame, so <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> but um, this morning, I want to talk to you about the subject of peace. And it is a huge topic, but I've got lots to say about it. And the first thing I want to do, or should I do a Pastor Matt? Here's what this morning's going to look like. <laughs> I'm going to define peace for you out of the Bible in the Old Testament, the New Testament. Then I've got three aspects of peace that I'm going to share with you, and then we're going to pray. Right. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> well, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of peace. Um, especially in light of the world that we're living in right now. Sometimes, you know, we had our first snowfall last week, and I looked outside, and I just thought, oh, this is so beautiful, so peaceful. Sometimes I think of the, the ocean when I think of peace. Sometimes I think of the forest. Sometimes I think of that precious moment before my family descends upon my home for Christmas, when the house is clean and, and there's music playing and the fireplace is on and there's this beautiful sense of calm. And then moments later, the presents are ripped open and Legos being built and kids are running around and there's music playing and laughter and chaos ensues. But, and, you know, the dictionary defines peace as a, straight of, a state of tranquility or quiet, the state of being calm or quiet. But the definition of peace in the Bible is different from that. Peace in the Old Testament, um, it's, it appears 237 times. And it is translated as the word shalom. You've probably heard that. And it means completeness or soundness or welfare. It means to make amends or make whole or complete. Uh, shalom was often used in terms of making restitution. Um, it was me meant to be a state of wholeness or completeness without deficiency or lack. So it was used in the Old Testament to the reference of the wellness of others, sometimes translated as well-being or welfare. And in Jewish culture, people used shalom and greeting expressions, which meant well-being be upon you completeness or wholeness. The word peace in the New Testament is from the Greek word arene, which means one, peace, quietness, and rest. And it originates from the root word aero, which means to join or tie together into a whole. One commentary that I read on this said it was like a dovetail joint. Now, I know we have some carpenters in the house here, and that Honestly, when I heard that, I thought of my dad right away. You know, my dad's in heaven right now, but he was an amazing man. He was a, a diesel mechanic. He could bake bread. He could make shoes. He came from Germany. He, um, he built houses, and then he was a commercial fisherman. And then after he retired, he started making custom furniture. 
and he made a lot of custom furniture for me. And it, was, it wasn't uncommon for me to drag him to some furniture store and say, I like this dresser, and I like this table, and I like this chair, but can you make it for me like this and this and this? And, you know, my dad in his, his uh, perfectionistic German way would go and look, pull out the drawers and look at the joints on those drawers. Eric, you can relate to this, I'm sure. And go, ah, oh, that's a piece of crap. Because when he built a piece of furniture, he had dovetail joints. Now, a dovetail joint is the strongest of all joints. It's built to last forever. And after I read that, I went and looked at all the furniture in my house, and I pulled out all the drawers, and there were all the dovetail joints. I mean, that furniture is going to last way longer than I am. But that's what the word peace in the New Testament means. It means it's a joint that is interlocking, resistant to being pulled apart. Therefore, it means unity. It's to bring multiple parts together to form a whole or to set as one again. For example, two friends who reconcile after a fight make a rainy. They come back together. Their relationship is whole. It is, appears 91 times in the New Testament, and it's different from the peace of the world. It is taking action to restore a broken situation. It is more than a state of inner tranquility. It's a state of wholeness and completeness. It is a fruit of the Spirit, and it is supernatural, and God is the source of peace. It's just so much more encompassing. Now, the, I want to talk to you about three things in regards to peace, and the first one is that we can have peace with God. And this is the most magnificent, amazing, wonderful thing that we could ever have. And you've probably heard of people who have said, you know, they're on their deathbeds and they're making peace with God. Well, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait till you're on your deathbed to make peace with God. You can make peace with God now. So you and me, we're okay, we're good. And this scripture was read earlier, Isaiah 9, 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Completeness, the Prince who brings wholeness to your life, who brings you into right relationship with God. Romans 5, 1, since we've been justified by faith, we now have peace with God. Isaiah 53, 5, he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Colossians 1, 19, 20, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. We were his enemies. And Jesus came and bore away for us to have peace with God, for our human hearts to be reconciled to him. This wasn't just a negotiated ceasefire. We became his children. He adopted us, and we became dovetailed together with him, joined together forever for eternity. Peace on earth, goodwill toward man is not just a Christmas carol. It's about God sending his son to reconcile the human race, to have relationship with him 
peace with God. And if you don't have peace with God today, I encourage you to take that step and invite him into your life to be reconciled to him, be dovetailed together with him. The second thing I want to talk about, which is just, I think, so powerful, is experiencing peace in the midst of your war. <laughs> now, why did I call it this? Is because I'm going to, I'm going to, in a second, we're going to put on a video clip. And you may have heard of this before, but I just discovered this in the last couple of weeks. Have you heard of the Christmas truce of 1914? I, maybe I'm the only one that didn't do well in history, but <laughs> I'm going to show you a reenactment of, of, a, of this event in history. It was 1914, during the First World War, and in the, leak, in the week leading up to Christmas, roughly 100,000 British and German troops were involved in the informal cessations of hostility along the Western Front. The Germans placed candles on their trenches and on Christmas trees, and then continued the celebration by singing Christmas carols. The British respond by singing carols of their own, and the two sides continued by shouting Christmas greetings to one another. Soon after, there were excursions into no man's land, which was the center territory, where small gifts were exchanged, such as food, tobacco, alcohol, and souvenirs, such as buttons and hats. The artillery in the region fell silent, and the truth also allowed a breathing spell where recently killed soldiers could be brought back behind their lines by burial parties. Joint services were held, and in many sectors the truce lasted through Christmas night, including Christmas Day and others. So in a moment we're going to play this clip for you, which I thought was so moving, and I'm going to unpack that a little bit. And if you're watching online, we're going to put the link in, in uh, I don't know if it's in the chat or whatever. We're going to show the link for you because it's not going to translate well. So you're going to have three minutes of dead airspace if you're watching online and you can watch the link on your own. And uh, we're just going to take a minute to watch this.
by that. And it really hit me because I thought, you know, every one of us is in a war of some kind. And how do we find peace in the midst of our own individual wars? I mean, to my knowledge, when I was researching this this week, this never happened again. But it was so profound. And I think that that's something that God wants us to know, that peace is not necessarily the absence of chaos, nor is it dependent on your environment. But peace is something that needs to be invited and embraced and nurtured. It's not passive. The Bible gives us really strong instructions in how to embrace the peace of God in the midst of your circumstances right now. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. You've heard the scripture before, but I want you to think of it in terms of how to invite the peace of God into your life. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation and circumstance, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what is the result? The peace of God. The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Another version says God will bless you with peace that no one can can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. Here's another version. You will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful that the human mind can understand because his peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Jesus. This is a kind of peace that does not make sense. You could be living in the midst of your war, in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your grief, in the midst of your circumstance, and the world could look at you and go, why do you have peace in the middle of this chaos? Because it's supernatural. Because you're connected to someone and something that is bigger than you. Because he is the prince of peace, and like what was said earlier, he lives inside of you, so you have access to that peace. John 16, Jesus said, I've told you all this so that you can have peace in me, because here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Anybody have any trials and sorrows? Jesus knew it wasn't a surprise. He said, but take heart because I've overcome the world. In John 14, 27, he says, I'm going to leave you with a gift. You need a gift this Christmas? Jesus said, I'm going to leave you with a gift. It's peace of mind and heart. Peace of mind and heart. The peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. It's supernatural. Isaiah 26, 3. Here's some more instructions for us. How do we embrace the peace of God in the midst of our war? You will keep him in perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Where are your thoughts focusing? Even in the midst of your war, where's your focus? Colossians 3, 15. It says, and this is where I think 
we need to really recognize that peace is something that needs to embrace and we need to cooperate with God to receive this peace because Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God. And that to me says, I have a part to play in embracing the peace of God. Let the peace of God that comes from Christ rule in your heart. Let it take charge of your heart. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. I need to cooperate with God. I need to let his peace rule in my heart. Romans 8, verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind will lead to death. But letting the spirit control your mind will lead you to life and peace. It's, it's active. It's intentional. It's living out of your spirit and not out of your emotions. Are the emotions there? Yes. I want to share a couple of personal examples of, of how I've experienced the peace of God in the midst of a war. One's from quite a few years ago. One's from really recent. You know, when we were pastoring Maple Ridge, our, our little green years of pastoring, <laughs> we encountered a situation that was so beyond my ability to pastor. We had a, a man in our church who was married and had children. He was on our worship team. And tragically, and out of the blue and unbeknownst to us, he took his own life. And we were thrown into the middle of a circumstance and a situation that was so tragic and so heartbreaking and so difficult trying to navigate with his wife and children and our church and our worship team. And we were all just devastated. But I got to tell you, in that situation, that I experienced supernatural peace from the Holy Spirit that carried me, that empowered me, that enabled me to do things that I would never have dreamt I would have had to do that week. The peace of God, it was like, was I grieving? Yes. Was I devastated? Yes. Was I crying? Yes. Was it real? Yes. And yet in the midst of that war, I felt carried. You guys know what I'm talking about? That supernatural grace of God that carries you in the midst of a supernatural situation where this doesn't make sense to your natural mind. It is not like the world gives. It is from the Spirit. And it, it carries you to be able to do things in tragic situations that you would never be able to do otherwise. You know, most of you know I lost my sweet little mommy this July. She went to be with Jesus. And when we got the call, I was just quite... Shaken. I mean, she was 96. It was only a matter of time before she was going to go to heaven. And she lived a lovely, wonderful life. And we were super close and had a great relationship. But it's still shocking when it happens. So we got the call. And, you know, I, you know, I was shaking and crying. And, and we went to the home where she was staying. And we called our children. And they all came. And I remember walking into the room where the staff had beautifully laid her out on the bed. And, you know, and I was crying. 
But I just remember I went and laid on the bed beside her, and in that moment, I just felt the peace of God just wash over me. It was absolutely supernatural. It's like, how does that happen? How does that happen in the midst of a situation that, you know, your, your brain's trying to process this loss? And some of you have lost loved ones this year as well. And that peace of God that anchors you in the midst of grief. It's the peace of God that carries you in the midst of difficult circumstances. It's the, it's the peace of God that connects you by the Spirit in the midst of your emotions and enables you to walk out without devastation. It's powerful. Living out of your spirit. Even walking out grief as I'm, I was in the mall doing some Christmas shopping a couple of weeks ago, and it just hit me. This is the first year ever in my life that I haven't had to go buy a gift for my mom for Christmas. Some of you are experiencing some firsts too, Christmas without a loved one. And in the midst of that, yeah, there was sorrow, shed some tears. I thought about her. And yet in the midst of even that moment in the mall, I felt the peace of God just anchoring me. Anchoring me to him, anchoring me to his peace, anchoring me to the knowing that he is working all things together with good. And even in the midst of my loss, God's peace is my anchor. Embrace peace in the midst of your war. The last point I want to talk about is walking in peace and giving it away. And man, if there was ever a time in history... <laughs> that we need to walk in peace and give it away. It's right now as we see relationships and families and churches dividing over all kinds of things and people acting poorly towards one another. It really breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Let's look at what the scripture says about how we're supposed to walk in peace as believers. And again, can we do this in our own strength? No, we need the supernatural power of God to enable us to do this. But Romans 12, 17 to 21, it says, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you're honorable. Now listen to this. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Now that says to me, I, don't, I have no control over anybody else or their situation or their actions or their reactions. I only have responsibility to God for me and how I'm going to walk out my life and how I'm going to walk out in peace towards other people who maybe disagree with me, who maybe have a different opinion than I do. Wow. Wow. Matthew 5, 9 says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. James 3, 18, those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace. Can you plant seeds of peace this morning in your spheres of influence? 1 Peter 3, 9 to 11, if you want to enjoy life, anybody? <laughs> If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, here's 
Here's your blueprint. Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil, do good. Search for peace and maintain it. Search for peace and maintain it. Romans 14, 19. Let's pursue with enthusiasm the things that make for peace. Pursue it with enthusiasm, the things that make for peace and the building up of one another. And I love this, 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Be cheerful. Keep things in good repair. Keep your spirits up. Think in harmony. Be agreeable. And if you do that, the God of love and peace will be with you for sure. I love it. So does that mean we ignore conflict? Anybody ever had a conflict with another human being? <laughs> and I think sometimes, you know, as Christians, we think, well, you know, we're, we're called to be peacemakers. We're called to walk in peace. And so I'm just going to keep the peace. I'm going to keep my mouth shut, keep my head down. I'm not going to engage in any conflict. But at the same time, we're resentful and bitter and full of unforgiveness. And that isn't healthy either. So what is this saying? What is the scripture saying? It's saying, as much as it depends on me, I'm going to walk with my heart clean and clear before God. I'm going to keep short accounts. I'm going to forgive quickly. I'm going to deal with things as they come up. I'm not going to ignore, ignore conflict and stuff my emotions and get resentful and bitter. I'm going to approach conflict this way, by the grace of God. I don't do this perfectly, but by the grace of God, approach conflict with humility, honesty, authenticity, and lovingly. You have no control over other people's responses. You only have control over you. Now, someone <laughs> said this to me a couple of weeks ago, uh, not in our church, just so you know. But we were just talking about something, and, and this came up, and they said, well, you know, you do you. And I thought, I thought about that after. It really bothered me. But you've probably heard that phrase. It's kind of a buzz phrase right now. You do you. I thought, no, you do Christ. You don't do you because your flesh is going to want to have your own way, it's going to want to fight, it's going to want to gossip, it's going to want to sow disunity, it's going to want your own rights. That's what you do you does. You do Christ. You sow peace. You keep short accounts. You keep things in good repair. You sow peace wherever you go. You don't just become a doormat and hide your own feelings, emotions, but you share them lovingly, respectfully, and authentically. And sometimes agree to disagree, but don't sever relationship as much as it depends upon you. Wow, I'm doing good here. Time-wise, I mean. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in peace and to walk with others, and especially in the environment that we're in right now in this pandemic and all the things going on and all the opinions and all the new stuff that's coming out. Walk in peace. Walk in peace. 
I want to pray for you this morning. Is that okay? Why don't you stand up? Are you at peace with God right now? Have you embraced him? Are you dovetailed, jointed together with him? Have you embraced peace on earth, goodwill to men, the, the prince of peace, the prince of wholeness, the prince of completeness who comes and, and intertwines his life with yours and you become his child and you become adopted? If you've never done that before, whether you're watching online or whether you're here in the house, I encourage you to embrace Jesus now and don't wait until your deathbed to make peace with God. But you can embrace him now. You can enter into a relationship with him now, this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you're in the middle of your own war. And you've been walking in turmoil or there's a situation, a circumstance that you're in right now that's troubling. Maybe you're walking through grief like I am. And you need the peace of God to come in and rule and guard your heart and mind. I want to pray for you this morning. Remember not to be passive, but to invite the peace of God. So Jesus, right now, in each one of our lives, each person here right now, whatever is going on, whatever situation we find ourselves in, whatever circumstance, or whatever we're facing in the next couple weeks as we go into this Christmas season, we want to embrace your peace right now. All the things that are weighing on our heart, troubling us, we want to present those things to you and pray and give them to you because in exchange for us giving those things to you, you're going to come with your peace. You're going to guard our hearts and minds. We invite the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace to come and invade your spirit right now that you would not live out of your emotions but you'd begin to tap into the Prince of Peace, the Holy Spirit within you right now to invade you with supernatural peace. Lord, this morning, would you just fill this room, fill your people with supernatural peace that bypasses our human understanding. It doesn't even make sense. But in the midst of every war, we walk in peace because we're anchored to you flood and fill your people this morning. And Lord, if there's any relationships where we need to make amends, where we need to become a peacemaker, where we need to keep short accounts, where we need to forgive, would you just examine our hearts right now, Holy Spirit? We want to walk in peace and we want to give it away we can't do that in our own human strength. It's a supernatural act of God. We just lean into you and cooperate with you. But Lord, would you help us to keep short accounts and keep things in good repair? We release to you all 
resentments and bitterness, anger, unforgiveness. Clean us out this morning, Jesus. Lord, those tough relationships, those difficult situations with people that we find hard, would you just fill us with supernatural peace to give that peace away? Where we need to make amends, give us grace to do that. And bring your healing. Bring your arena, arena this morning. Relationships bring restoration, healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.